Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. While we were doing the series on the admin scale, if you were following that, we just wrapped that up. I think we did 22 episodes on the admin scale, and uh, we wrapped that up maybe three or four weeks ago. But as we were going through the admin scale, level by level, we almost fell into a black hole on the subject of products. Remember that? I think we did three episodes on products. And then I said, look, we're going to have to come back to this subject or we're going to go off on a long tangent. And that is true. It is one of the most important subjects in all of management because this is where the rubber meets the road, man. You can do all the marketing you want. You can do all the sales you want, all the financial planning you want, the strategic planning you want. You can do all the hiring and training you want. But sooner or later, you better come up with a product or you won't have a business and you won't have a career or a job, neither or neither, depending on which side of the border you're from. Products exchanged for valuables could be a very simplistic definition for doing business, right? But the funny thing is that most people think that they pretty much know all about products, and it's true. I mean, you run a lemonade stand, you know you're supposed to produce lemonade. That's a pretty early lesson. You run a barber shop, you know you're supposed to produce haircuts. But it just might be this sort of down-to-earth concept that can obscure the fact that there's a lot more to know about products than that you're just supposed to produce them. And factually, this lack of understanding of products creates one of the most common failings I see in wise member businesses. I mean, it's practically universal, so much so that I bet it's a weakness in your business right now. So uh, we're going to tackle this one. Uh, First of all, let's start with the definition of product. We, of course, have covered this before, but definition, the first definition, these are all Mr. Hubbard's definitions, a completed thing that has exchanged value within or outside the activity. That's from an article of 19 March, 1972. So something that has been completed and you can exchange it, you know, like you milked a bunch of cows, you got a bunch of milk, so now you can go and Sell it to somebody for a bunch of eggs. It's got exchange value. (laughs) Within or without or outside of the activity, somebody who's competently uh, answering the phone and relaying messages accurately and swiftly and properly, then uh, that person is producing products too. They're not delivering them or exchanging them Outside the activity, their pay comes from their boss, but they're being a good receptionist and they're producing the products of a receptionist. And so, you know, they are exchanged with for that reason. They're producing communications easily and swiftly received and delivered to the correct person. That might be the product of a receptionist. All right. So definition two, someone or something that has been brought into existence, the end result of a creation, something or someone who has been brought into existence. That's from an article of 7 March, 1972. And I like this definition because it, of course, I like all these definitions, but this one in particular emphasizes creativity, that something has been created, and it can include a person. So if you're a personal trainer, uh, you're producing a product in an individual who is toned and fit and lean, perhaps. That's, you know, it could be a statement of your product. 
And uh, so it can be a person, it can be a thing, you know, painted blue chairs could be a thing, but they have been created and they've been brought into existence. All right. Now, definition three is very comprehensive. We, uh, I think we based a whole episode. I don't remember which one it was, but uh, very critical definition. And you'll understand why in a minute. So Mr. Hubbard defines it, and this is from uh, a lecture, actually. 1972, March the 5th of 1972, a product is a finished, high-quality service or article in the hands of the being or group it serves as an exchange for a valuable. So here, this definition emphasizes that an exchange has occurred. In other words, it's not a product until it's exchanged for. By that definition, if you sell someone a painting, Uh, and they're going to pay you in 30 days. It's not a product until you've received your payment 30 days later. And this nuance to the definition of product, it's actually a vital one, uh, becomes critical in building a viable enterprise. And we did, as I said, we did a whole, I think we did a whole episode on it. I don't remember which one it was. But if you put the keyword product in uh, the search bar for business-wise, you'll pull up all the episodes what we've done on product, and it's one of those. At least, I think I've covered it maybe twice. So again, a product is a finished, high-quality service or article in the hands of the being or group it serves as an exchange for a valuable. That's a product. It's a finished, high-quality service or article in the hands of the consumer as an exchange for a valuable. In other words, it isn't a product at all unless it's exchanged. Unless it's exchangeable, it's not a product at all. Even the individual has to put his service or article in the hands of some other staff member before it can be called a product. Product is exchange, exchange is product. Aaron Hubbard. So there is a very lengthy, comprehensive, but just about perfect definition of the word product. And if you duplicate that definition thoroughly, you can bring any business problem down to a product problem, and that opens a lot of doors to understanding for you. So uh, if you want to catch up, like I said, We're not going to cover this particularly now, but if you want to catch up on those earlier episodes, just put in the keyword product in the search bar and start catching up, okay? But today we're going to impart to you a critical datum about products we've never touched on before, that if you are willing to set aside all earlier conventional wisdom and fully understand it, just put all any fixed ideas aside and just duplicate this, this will change your business and change your life. It's a big statement, but I can back it up because, as I mentioned, it is almost universally ignored, and its discovery by Mr. Hubbard is one of the things that sets the Hubbard management system far, far above any other self-described, quote, management know-how, end quote, out there. And that is that the definition of the word product actually falls into four distinct categories, of which only one is usually given adequate attention by any given business owner or entrepreneur. But if you understand these four categories and give each of them equal attention, you will fly. And if you don't, you'll struggle. So if you're struggling right now, this could be why, okay? And the reason is because All of these definitions of product are all capital letters necessary 
to a production activity. So the article we're taking this from is dated 29 October 1970 and is, of course, by Mr. L. Ron Hubbard and is entitled The Analysis of Organization by Product. Now, there's a lot to this article and we'll be revisiting it, but today we're only going to take up the first few paragraphs. All right? So you ready? So Mr. Hubbard says here, quote, The different products involved in production are 1. Establishing something that produces. Product 1. 2. Operating that which produces in order to obtain a product. Product 2. 3. Repairing or correcting that which produces. Product 3. 4. Repairing or correcting that which is produced. Product 4. So, he's laid out here that the cycle of production actually includes four categories of product. And then he gives an example. Example. A typewriter is... (laughs) You know what? It just occurred to me. Maybe you don't know what a typewriter is. If you're younger, uh, there's some... If you look in an antique store, you're going to find a device that was used at one time instead before we had computers and notebook computers and laptop computers and tablets and smartphones and all that jazz. You rattle things off with a typewriter. Okay, it was a mechanical device that you could produce letters with. That sort of thing. Okay, example. A typewriter is manufactured and located on a desk. This is establishing something that produces, as in 1. A typist operates or runs the typewriter, which thus produces typed sheets, stencils, etc. Stencil is something that you would produce on a typewriter from which you could make remimio copies. You could run it on a machine and make copies for you. Okay, stencil. So a typist operates or runs a typewriter, which thus produces type sheets, stencils, etc., which are the product produced. This satisfies two above. The typewriter, from various causes, eventually requires repair in order to continue to produce. This satisfies three. The correction of things typed would satisfy four. These are the four basic products involved in production. Thus, now listen to this sentence because it's very important. Thus, there are really four basic products necessary to a production activity. He's making this point. These are necessary. Now, what do you think I have observed is given the greatest emphasis in any business? Product two. Operating that which produces in order to obtain a product. Of course. Like, hey, we got to get some product out of here. Let's, let's get these chairs built out of here. Let's, let's get this corn harvested and bundled up and shipped out of here to market. Let's get all this stuff. Let's get it done, man. Let's get it done, man. Let's get it done, man. So that's, that, of course, is the job of a product officer. And you want a bloody good product officer to be able to get lots and lots of product out of what, though? Out of what? out of that which has been established to produce that product. And if you've ever been in an auto repair shop, or, of course, my members, they're auto repair shops, so you could practically eat off the floor 
you could perform heart surgery in some of those places, I tell you. Just received a model of admin know-how submission today, as a matter of fact, from uh, one of my members. Beautiful, beautiful operation. But typically, you can tell that the actual establishment of the thing which is creating that product. Now, I'm not even just talking about the physical plant. That sometimes gets a little more, okay, it's supposed to look pretty. We're supposed to keep it clean. supposed to have some live plants in the window instead of these dead ones. Uh, you know, this sort of thing. But what about the staffing and really making sure that they know what they're doing? This, I see, is greatly neglected. To the extent that I'll have members ask me, like, you know, I'll say, look, at part of your model of admin know-how here, Joe, is you're supposed to train your employees. Oh, yeah, no, we don't really train our employees, just a little bit. You know, we do whatever, you know. The brush-off that is given on establishing the machine that produces blows my mind. We made this joke. I think I made it earlier uh, in an earlier episode, but, you know, I don't like training my employees because they might leave. Well, here's the greater evil. Don't train them, and they stay. You need trained employees. You need an established machine. If you're wondering why you're having issues getting out product two, you might want to take a look at product one. How much love have I really given the establishment of this machine or organization that is producing these products for us? You know, yeah, I brought a brand new tractor for the farm. That's product one. We're on it. Except that we, you know, we hire guys that, you know, for the cheapest we can pay them and, you know, they get in there and they drive us all crazy and we pull our hair out and they're always quitting and they're gone by morning and this kind of jazz. Why? Because we're not investing in product one at all, hardly. I mean, yes, of course, get the tractor, you know, build the barn, but you still need hands who know what they are doing. And that can be an investment. There can be expense involved with that. I hate to break that to you, but of course, you, you, you know, you wouldn't think twice about shelling out for some lumber if you've got, and, some, and some concrete if you're going to be building a home. So it shouldn't even cross your mind. The, the investment in training your employees and the cost of such should be just like thinking about buying hardware for putting in the kitchen. It's a necessary part of the production. And if you neglect it, don't come crying to me if you've got stress and confusion and you know, unable to get the products out of you. You can't get good people these days. How often do I hear this? Yeah, you can't get good people these days. No, no, no. That's not the problem. The problem is you can't make good people. You're not investing in your product one. Product one is grossly neglected to the extent that your division one, which is the one, the division that is responsible for putting your organization, usually has almost no one in it. Look at your own organizing board. I don't know how big your company is, you know, the listener, but look at your organizing board. Yeah, you, you're probably fat with personnel in Division 4, the production division, because that's where the products come from. Wait a minute, though. What about Division 1? That's the one that's putting your machine there. Do, do, do you have any investment in there? Who do you have in there? Well, I have the receptionist, you know. The, the newest hire is in Division 1. The only person in Division One, actually, because I do all that myself. You know, I'm the owner, and I I usually do the you know the quote unquote human resources part, and I train them. Oh, like like the Dickens, you train them. Like, do you really adequately to the task? Ask yourself this question: Am I putting adequate emphasis on product one 
or is most of my emphasis on product two? Then, then what about product three, which is repairing or correcting that which produces? Oh, yeah, no, no. Like, what is that? Is that, is that what this division five is over here? Is that what that's for? Uh, yeah, I saw that, qualifications division. Am I supposed to put anybody in there? Do you know on a standard seven division organizing board, division one, which establishes your organization, and division five, which corrects your organization, are actually slightly higher than the other divisions. Have you noticed that? Have you asked yourself why that is? I'll tell you why that is. Because those divisions are senior to the other divisions. That's how important this is. It's so important that Division 5, Mr. Hubbard's discovery of Division 5, is one of the biggest breakthroughs in the Hubbard management system and is one of the most grossly neglected elements of current, quote-unquote, modern organizations. They do not correct their employees. They don't even know how to correct their employees. Somebody's flubbing. Okay, look, man, I'm going to give you a warning. You keep that up. Uh, screw it up again. Uh, I told you I gave you a warning. This is your second warning. One more, and man, you know, you're for it. Screw up a third time. Third time, you're out. Bam, you're out of here. You're fired. Quite a correction process. Quite a sophisticated correction process, I would say, in a very facetious manner, obviously, because there's no correction at all. Well, how are we going to correct them? Well, there's a lot of things you can do. If you understand Harvard Management System, you can, of course, make sure they have written or videoed materials for them to study. And that way, if they screw up, you can always have them review those materials. Materials? Yeah, like write-ups for how to do their job, textbooks, uh, hats, you know, uh, courses that they've studied on how to do their job. Courses? What are you talking about? Well, I have a member very well-known, famous member. It's called Durable Slate Company. They're probably the largest slate roofing company in the world today. They have offices all over the country. They are doing, as I, I believe, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, but they're doing the White House right now. These brothers, the Chan brothers, started with a ladder in a garage, basically, and have become this huge company, very successful, very well-respected, and they have courses on how to put slate on a roof, how to maintain safety on a roof. How about that for a thought, right? And not, in addition to fundamental training in Hubbard management that every employee needs to know, like what does it mean to write a communication and what does the organizing board mean and what is a statistic and what is a condition and what is this formula and what are all these things? They don't need to know that. They're just on the roof putting up slate. Why would they need to know about conditions? Why would they need to know about the misunderstood word, why would they need to have any kind of write-ups describing their jobs? Doesn't that seem a little extreme? I don't call it extreme. I call it smart. I call it the Harvard Management System, right? So if you don't have materials that you're training people on, how do you correct them? Do you see where the departure is? You would have to start by putting in product one of establishing something that produces. That way you'd have a prayer of repairing or correcting that which produces, other than just fire them. Can't good staff anymore. Man, look at what the current culture is doing to the personnel pool. Just can't find anybody. I have got to tell you, I've recently been working with a member quite intimately, and they've been hiring phenomenal people. Never touched the Hubbard, never heard of Hubbard. Phenomenal, committed, quickly realizing how brilliant L. Ron Hubbard is. And they're rolling, man. And they are, they've created quite an entity already. And they've been, they don't have anybody around them that's 
familiar with the technology. They learn it all from uh, doing courses right there in the company. And they love it, man. They're loving it. They're loving life. Because, of course, they, they study that material and they can e- easily and quickly see how it also improve the rest of their lives. Anyway, I'm digressing somewhat. But let's go back to this, right? So he says, what about product four? Repairing or correcting that which is produced. Now, here, yeah, I will say most of my members do give attention to that because they don't like the idea that somebody's out there with a lemon that they were supposed to repair or a house, a roof that's leaking, and they will generally work pretty hard to get it fixed. Uh, As a matter of fact, I was just talking to a member the other day that if he delivers a product that if they are not, the customer is not completely satisfied, they get the job free. That's pretty extreme. So they will work like the devil to correct a product. And uh, that's fine. That's good business. However, generally correcting the product is sort of like a cope. Oh my God, everybody pull your hair out and let's figure out how we're going to fix this. As opposed to something that belongs on your organizing board in Division 5. You should be correcting the product in Division 5 or at least correcting the machine so that it can correct the product from Division 5. That's the importance of Division 5. Just like I asked you about Division 1, which is establishment and communications, Division 5 is qualifications and correction. Ask yourself, do I have anybody in that division? Or do I just, quote-unquote, hold it from above? That's what I commonly see. Very, very undermanned division, which means that not a lot of emphasis is going on. Product 3, repairing or correcting that which produces. And product four, repairing or correcting that which is produced. No, this should be systematic. It should be part of your organizing board. Okay, we have a flood product over here. Send it over to Division 5. Let's get it all under control. There's kind of a, a, a fundamental law to this. We're not going to cover it really in much detail today. It's, it deserves its own episode. But there is a fundamental law at work here where if you have a way to channel things, they don't become sources of upset or individual decision points, or what we might call a flap, right? So, okay, we got a product four situation here, route it to division five, they're trained to handle that, and so we just channel it, and there's no real upset about it, there's no human emotion and reaction about it, it just gets routed over to five, and five doesn't get upset going, what are you sending these guys over to me for, these guys that need repair and correction, you know, this, these product fours, why, why are you sending them to me? Why are we sending it to you? Because that's your job, man. You're in Division 5. Of course, they're not going to be upset. If they know that's their hat and that's what they're supposed to be doing, of course, they don't get upset about being sent particles like that. Try sending it to your boss. Boss, we have a problem. What's the problem? There's this lady out here and she's complaining about, you know, that her teeth still hurt. Oh, God. Why do these always come to me? I'll tell you why they always come to you, because you don't have anybody in Division 5. That's why it always comes to you. Anyway, getting carried away again. I didn't expect to be so quite so passionate about this one. All right. So again, just to repeat that earlier sentence, thus, there are really four basic products necessary to a production activity. These are, one, the established machine, two, the machine's product, three, the corrected machine, four, the corrected product. That makes a minimum of four products for any production cycle. Isn't that interesting? Your production cycle, I don't care whether it's a barbershop, shoe store, farm, construction company, dental office, every single person or a thing that comes off that assembly line 
has rolled through part one, two, three, and four. And to the degree that any of these products are given short attention, inadequate attention, you're going to have difficulty getting those products exchanged outside of the activity and being supported by your community, by your environment. Because the products that you have available to exchange are not created efficiently, they're not of an adequate quality, quantity, or viability. Anyway, I guess I'm leading on to the very next section of this article, but we're not going to cover that today. Really what I wanted to cover with you is that there are four categories of product, four different products involved in production. And if you're aware that there are all four, you can give them all adequate attention and get a lot more done and get a lot more product out there and a lot more product exchanged with your environment and thus be strongly supported and prosperous. Okay? So uh, don't neglect this. Look it over. Look over your own organization. Look at where you may be weak on products one, two, and four. Generally, most of my members are pretty strong on three, and they're okay on four, except that they don't really have any kind of a system established for dealing with flubbed or products that need to be corrected. And then once they've corrected the product, they're not correcting the machine. So they're right back to square zero. I hope you enjoyed this one. That's all we have for you today. Uh, thank you very much for listening, of course. So do leave us a comment if you feel inclined and uh, give us a like if you like the episode. And we will talk to you again next week. Thanks again for listening.